Welcome to episode 208 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Today, we are talking about samples. So often, I see founders and sales reps wasting a whole lot of time and energy and, frankly, wasting your money as you drop off or leave or blind ship samples to potential wholesalers. There is a more efficient way to manage your samples, and this episode is shedding light on the real reason why wholesale buyers want samples from you in the first place. It's likely not what you think, so let's get right into it. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. Hey, my whizzes. All right, today we are talking about samples. To be clear, I am not talking about demos or sampling your product direct to consumer today. In this episode, we are discussing the strategy for getting samples of your products to potential wholesale accounts before that wholesale buyer says yes to carrying your product line and before they place that first order. So this is typically how it happens. You pack up your samples in a little brown craft bag. You put in your sell sheet. You staple a business card to the outside of that bag. (laughs) Does this sound familiar? You swing by that store. You ask for the buyer and whether and when that buyer isn't available because they're likely avoiding you. You leave your delicious samples with a cashier or with a grocery stocker. Or if you're not within driving distance of that potential new account, you do the same. You thoughtfully pack up your samples, you drop in your sell sheet, and you blind ship them off to your dream account, care of the grocery buyer. My whizzes, neither of these are the right way to do it. If you're on my email list, you've heard me say this by now. Do not drop by, do not leave samples with anyone except your category manager, and do not blind ship samples without first doing a sales pitch to the correct buyer. It's a waste of your time, your money, and frankly, of your samples themselves. And it leaves a poor first impression on that buyer when you make these rookie mistakes. We get into the nitty gritty on what to do instead for the ways to connect with them that works inside of Retail Ready, but first you got to know what not to do. So why doesn't this work? Well, it's because of the sample box. Here's the deal. When you blind ship or leave your samples with anyone who isn't your category buyer, the likelihood of your samples ever getting to that buyer is low. And then you have no way of knowing whether or not they have ever seen them. So here's what happens when you leave samples with someone who is not the buyer. It may play out one of a few ways. First off, you leave your delicious, beautiful caramels with a cashier. 
Maybe that cashier is going over their boyfriend's parents' house for dinner that night. You better bet those caramels are going to dinner with them as well. That buyer has no idea that you ever stopped by with your delicious product line. So that's scenario one. Scenario two, you leave your small batch hot sauce with a grocery stocker, but unfortunately that buyer has just left on vacation and that stocker doesn't doesn't know that. When they try to find the buyer, the person who they talk to tells them the buyer is going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And I don't know, just put your sauce in the staff break room because we already have too many hot sauces on our shelves instead. And again, that buyer comes back from vacation, they have no idea that you ever stopped by and that you left samples of your hot sauce. Or maybe scenario number three, let's say you leave your coconut milk yogurt with a delightful staff member. They can't find the buyer. The buyer's on lunch break. The buyer's in a meeting. The buyer's you know, counting inventory on the walk-in. The buyer has a day off. The buyer's on maternity leave. Like who the heck knows, right? They can't find the buyer. So they do what they're supposed to, and they put your yogurt in the sample box for that buyer to come back to later. Okay, that's right, the sample box. So in any of those three scenarios, again, you leave your samples, and then the key thing is here, you don't know what happened to the samples. You don't know where they went. You don't know if they ever got into the hands of the buyer. And when you don't know where they went, you don't know how to appropriately follow up, okay? You are lacking critical information in this relationship. So let's talk about that sample box. All stores have them, but no one talks about them. A sample box is literally a box, a cardboard box, a plastic tub, right? That hangs out somewhere near the buyer's desk where they collect samples of potential product to try at some point in the future. The buyer then sits down themselves or with their buying team, maybe once a month if you're really, really lucky, but more like every few months, once that box is overflowing and they sit down and they try all the product that is collected in that box. When I was a buyer, we would try to, we had this policy where we had to try everything as a team. We were a buying team. It varied, but you know, three to four to five buyers at a time. And so it took a lot of coordination <laughs> to get us all in the same room for, you know, 90 minutes, two hours where we where we could go through that entire box. So we would do it, frankly, only a couple times a year. Okay. So that those buyers sit down and they go through that box every couple of months, usually when the box is so overflowing that they can't bear it anymore. And you might be able to tell where I'm going with this, right? Once your product is in the sample box, it can get separated from your sell sheet and your pricing info. It can get crushed or smashed or damaged. Your product might be expired by the time the buyers get around to taste it. It may have, gosh, even worse, it may have sat out of refrigeration for a month. And in this instance, your coconut yogurt is totally spoiled. In any case, it's not how you want your product to be viewed for the first time by that buyer. When you leave your samples in the hands of anyone except that correct buyer, they either never reach the buyer in the first place or they end up in that dreaded sample box. And here is where we are changing up that pattern. 
Now, I want to talk about the real reason why buyers need to see your samples at all before they carry your product line. But before we get to that, let's pause for a quick sponsor break, and I'll be right back here in 30 seconds. Here's what a recent Retail Ready student, Megan, posted as a win in our private group. She said, and I quote, I wanted to share some feedback I received at a meeting this morning that has reinforced so many of the points we've learned in here. I met with a local co-op grocery store category manager. On all in all, it was a phenomenal meeting, and I felt like I finally have been doing things right. He said to follow up with him in a week or so if I hadn't heard from him. My meeting was at 10 a.m. this morning, and by 1 p.m., he emailed me to order because he and his staff loved our sample so much. This is a win. A big thank you to the Retail Ready team. So Megan, I am so proud of you, and I'm proud that you have put in the work so that you finally feel like you are doing things right. So my whizzes, let's get you a similar win, and let's get you inside of Retail Ready right now. Skip the line and head straight to our Quick Start Enrollment and Info page, linked directly here in the show notes. You can sign up in minutes and jump straight into our curriculum today. I'll see you in there. All right, we are back, and I want to address the real reason why buyers want to receive your samples before placing a first order with you. Most founders think that it's because that buyer wants to taste your product before they say yes to carrying you. And when I hear a founder say that, it's a big red flag to me because it shows me that you are still crafting your sales pitch based off of taste. And again, my whiz is we've got to shift away from this. You know this by now. A buyer brings in new products to help them hit their category's financial goals, likely to increase sales or margin. A buyer's performance is based off the financial health of the categories that they manage. So your product line has to help them achieve some sort of numbers-based goal here. So if you are stuck in this belief that your product line is just so delicious that the buyer has to taste it, and then surely they'll carry your product, you are crafting a pitch that isn't of much interest to that wholesale buyer. Taste is subjective. By the time you get to the shelf, you've already fine-tuned, tweaked, and tested your recipes. It is assumed that you are delicious. So back to your samples. Why do buyers care about seeing your samples if it's not to taste them? Well, simply put, it is to evaluate your physical products and to use their buyer intuition to assess whether or not your product line is going to sell off the shelf. Buyers have an incredible skill of intuitively knowing what is going to work or not work on their shelves. It's partially because of the sheer number of products that they see. I used to manage a department that had over 3,500 SKUs. So I very quickly noticed patterns on what sold and what didn't across thousands of products on my shelves. And then partially the buyers, the, the buyers have this skill of making snap judgments about product lines, just like shoppers do when they scan the shelves, deciding what products to put in their baskets. So buyers, look at your labels. Do they look professional? Would it stand out on my shelves? Does the quality of the packaging match the price point that I need to charge in order for it to be appealing to my shoppers? As a buyer, I look at your actual product, if I can see it through the packaging. Is it appealing? 
Is it separating? Is it crumbling? Is it dusty? Is it melted? Is it settling to the bottom of that packaging? As a buyer, I look at your physical packaging. Does it physically fit on my shelves? Do I have the physical space for it on my shelves? Is it sturdy? Does it look beat up just from being shipped to me? So that buyer runs through a mental checklist of dozens of ways that they evaluate your product line. I've got that full list inside of Retail Ready for students who are listening. And they make a decision on whether or not it's the right fit for their shelves. And above all, and this is the thing that you need to hear today, when that buyer requests samples from you, it goes far beyond evaluating just, is this delicious? That buyer wants your samples so they can assess whether or not your physical packaging is going to be a match for their product assortment and shelves, and so that they can use their buyer intuition to make a snap judgment about the potential of your product line. Here's the thing about snap judgments. They're unfair. (laughs) They're unfair and they aren't always correct. But in this busy industry, that buyer relies on their intuition. Along with sales stats and data, of course, they rely on that intuition a lot. And that means that you need to present as professionally and as succinctly as possible, making the best first impression that you can. And it starts with understanding how to appropriately get your samples into the right buyer's hands, how to avoid the sample box, and how to present professionally with your physical samples. Now, One last important thing before I let you go today. I am shouting it from the rooftops because you know that one of my values is transparency. Retail Ready, our program for helping you get your systems in place for getting on the shelf and increasing sales once you're there. Retail Ready enrollment is open now, mid-August through August 31st, when we will then close enrollments as my team and I gear up for Q4. This is your last chance to enroll at the current pricing and to get one full year of access inside of Retail Ready. We are changing the length and the price of Retail Ready when it returns again in the fall. So if you know you want to join us at the current rate and with the current 12-month timeline, now is the time through August 31st. We've got one special bonus that we're offering through August, and it's a one-on-one call with me for those who choose our pay in full option. I never, ever do one-off, one-on-one calls. So this is the only way that you can get solo time with me. And I'm really, really excited for it. So find that direct link to find out all about Retail Ready and join us before August 31st directly in the show notes. All right, so let's wrap this up here. What are you going to do differently after listening to today's episode? I want to know. Send me a DM or message me on LinkedIn letting me know that you have listened today and that you are going to take action. It's one thing to nod along to an episode, and it's a whole other thing to make changes in your business as a result of listening. So make a commitment and let me know what it is. You can find me on Instagram at It's Allie Ball or on LinkedIn at Allison Ball, both linked in today's show notes. 
So as always, thank you for tuning in this week. Come back next week to hear another solo episode with me outlining the most common mistakes that I see food founders make as you try to grow in your retail accounts. If you've learned something today about the sample box, you are going to love next week's show as well. I'll see you right back here next week or again, hopefully in Retail Ready before August 31st. All right. Thanks again for listening and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.